uh, the classics, creation. the classic quotes. I think yeah. uh, when he first makes fire, oh he my goes, fire! <laughs> and <laughs> that he has voice that crack. little voice crack that's fire! so fantastic. Or the Wilson screaming, was like, Wilson. Yeah, Wilson. That's iconic, dude. Yeah. I don't think people knew. I mean, I feel like I might have even when we first watched it. I was like, this feels like it's gonna like be iconic. Oh yeah, yeah. and it was. It's, it was. We're still talking yeah. about it. Hey everyone, Chandler Patterson here. Welcome to the Jesus on Display podcast. Before we begin our content, I wanted to say thanks for supporting us here at Fellowship Greenville with your gifts and generosity. Because of your giving, we get to share resources like this podcast with you to help reach you wherever you are in your life with Jesus. If you'd like to support the ministry of Fellowship Greenville, you can head to fellowshipgreenville.org forward slash give to get started. Thanks so much for your support and we hope you enjoy this episode. Jesus on Display podcast. Here we go. Talking about movies yep. again today. Faith and film. Such a fun topic. Yeah. Why? Why are we talking about why, it? Why movies, because Chandler? Because movies are a direct pathway and they present v- varieties of gospel connections and mm-hmm. they infuse scripture into their stories because, you know, nothing's really new. You know, we're just telling stories True. and we're connecting things that are older, and we're bringing in some of those themes into the movies that we watch today. Yeah, and while we believe that most stories, mm-hmm. if not all stories maybe, unintentionally tell some aspect of the gospel. Even if they end horribly. Even if they end horribly. Yep. Uh, movies movies kind of do it in a special way. They do. They have it's a really, very really unique special. gifting. And yeah. it's like it's it's collective, too. It makes us feel like we're watching this thing together. It's like a familial yeah. type of event. When you read a book, you're alone. You're in isolation. Playing video games, you're alone. Yep. But uh, when you, you watch a movie, it's best done in a yeah, theater, you know? It definitely is. Long, yeah. long live the movie theater. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. what are we talking about today? Yeah, so the, the movie selection for this episode mm. is uh, the year 2000. Oh, the new millennium. Y2K didn't happen, everyone. It didn't. It was a happy year. Yep. And a movie came out that year called Castaway, starring Ooh. Tom Hanks. Gosh, uh, so And good. before we go on, uh, if you missed any previous episodes on these discussions on faith and film, yep. uh, you can revisit either of those, any of those, by clicking the link in the description of today's episode. Right, Chan? That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, before we get started, if you haven't seen this particular movie, again, it's Castaway. It is. Uh, Tom Hanks. We really encourage you to hold off on listening to the full episode and skip over to the end where we give a final review along with kind of a family-friendly rating and a gospel lens rating, mm. and that'll kind of give you an idea of what to expect as far as the content of the movie goes and whether or not we deem it appropriate for family viewing. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, also, as always, big, Spoilers. huge, spoiler alert warning. Please, uh, guys, watch this movie. Yeah. Be wise, be smart, yeah. turn off the podcast right now yeah. if you haven't seen this movie. It's good, man. Yeah, you should, it's you really, really dedicate good. dedicate some time to watch it. Yep, and uh, go go give it a watch and then come back and listen to this episode and learn a little bit more about finding the gospel within this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there you go. You've officially been warned. Spoilers from here on out. Here we go. Yep. Yeah, man. So we gotta we gotta dive into some like first viewing mm-hmm. experiences. So like late nineties, early two thousands, like Tom Hanks, I feel like he just had like a heyday oh, with yeah. movies. Like he was in Saving Private Ryan, Castaway came out, yeah, and he was just hitting his stride. I mean, he had earlier movies that were good, but these were really, really solid. Mm-hmm. Um when I was a kid, my dad knew that I just loved going to the movies. Uh, and he would periodically take me and give me some options based on what he thought that you know I could watch as a kid um 
so this particular time, my two choices were Castaway in the year 2000. And then another movie came out that was basically like a more intense survival movie. It was mm-hmm. called Vertical Limit. <laughs> and I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, but yes. it is wildly uh-huh. unbelievable. And yeah. just like it's over the top it's ridiculousness. Insane. It's insane. So he was like, I'm kind of leaning more towards How Castaway. old were you? So it was 2000. So I, I was 10, about to turn 11. Nice. I feel like. um, so yeah, 10 years old. And Vertical Limit, I guess he felt it was a little bit more intense. So we, we went with Castaway. It's Tom Hanks, so it's like, it felt a little, yeah. felt a little more safe. Good call. Um, and uh, so in this episode specifically, like we gotta, we're going to dive into some, some themes of that. But right. like, yeah. it, it, it's such a great, great movie for its kind. Like it's a very specific type of movie. And I honestly think it's like the best of its kind because mm-hmm. it's survival, but it also makes you feel like you're kind of in isolation yeah. as well. Um, yeah, so like my, I actually, I don't remember my first viewing really? experience <clears throat> with this movie. Gosh. I think, um, I don't even remember if I saw it in theaters. Oh, man. God forgive me. Yeah. But uh, I do remember the second, or I think it was the second or third time I watched the movie. I was completely alone. Mm-hmm. And I remember just this lulling nature of the movie mm-hmm. because you kind of begin to lose track of time like he does. There's almost no score no, in the it's entire very movie. Quiet. You just hear the waves the whole time. And I remember being uh, really surprised that I was crying at the end. Because mm-hmm. it's a really simple story. There's yeah. nothing too complex about it. Um, but it, by the end, there's especially there's this moment where he gives a monologue yeah. um, about his experience on the island and what was going on in his mind and in his heart. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just like weeping yeah. watching this movie and I was like what's happening it's just yeah. about a man on an island mm-hmm. but uh yeah, yeah the, incredible. Ending, the ending too like I mean even as I mean I was 10 in theaters and I remember just being heartbroken yep. because of it like it was it's such a fascinating movie because of how quiet it is because mm-hmm. you're 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 basically handing off the connection to this story mm-hmm. to one guy yeah and I think if anybody's going to pull it off, it's yeah. going to be Tom Hanks. Who can, who can deliver uh, being the only guy in the whole movie? Absolutely. Yeah, and it's it's an incredibly patient movie. Yeah. Like, if you're going to watch it and you haven't seen it yet and you're still listening, we already told you to stop. But Get if out of you here. still are, uh, Get out of here. be prepared. It's like a little over two hours, mm-hmm. and it's a patient movie. Like, you just got to sit in it with him and right. experience what he's experiencing. Yeah. It's great. I think a favorite moment. I had when watching it for the first time was the the scene where the plane officially starts going down. Oh yeah, because we're you know <clears throat> I'm sitting there probably munching on some popcorn, you know having a little having a little soda pop, and uh, <laughs> soda, pop. soda pop, and then he's in the bathroom taking that uh bandaid off his face, uh-huh. looking in the mirror, and then dude, the sound breaks through that yeah. barrier and just. I mean, dude, I about jumped out of my seat. Yeah, it was so it's very intense. scary. Um, and my dad too, he was like, "Good grief," because it's yeah, and buckle before up, that, baby. it's like <clears throat> really casual. He's like. Hey, all this turbulence coming from Santa and his eight little reindeer. <laughs> and it's like really casual. Yeah. No one's really worried about it. Right. And then it's just like a, a, a hard yeah, yeah, cut a hard turn. Yeah. Anyway. So, so like, why? Why this yeah, movie? Because why, why, this was your pick. You want, this you was my pick. This, and I love um, that you picked this one. Yeah. So, guys, <clears throat> it's it's a pretty hard thing for Chan and I to Come decide to <laughs> which movie we're going to talk about because yeah. we want to talk about all the movies. We do. Uh, but this one, I was just in... Uh, I don't know. For some reason that day, I was thinking about what it means to be an exile. Yeah. And what Scripture says about that. Um, all throughout Scripture, uh, the people of God are called exiles, that mm-hmm. we are not in our final home. And I, I just, 
I think in the context of movies, and the one that came to my mind immediately was Castaway, of mm-hmm. this idea of being exiled away from home. What does it mean to hope? What does it mean to long for home? Yeah. How do you and, live in that? Yeah. How do you live in the longing? Yep. And sometimes going through days where you think, I don't know if I might will I ever actually get there? Is right. this real? Is this true? Yeah. Or am I just stuck here forever? Am I going to die here? You know, mm-hmm. so all that. And uh, I just thought, you know what? This is a, a great movie to talk about in that context. Yeah. So, yeah. So fun. Do you remember like ever being younger and having like a, you got lost and you felt isolated like story? Um, Cause I have a couple sort of. Yeah. So I had a really weird job. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Uh, I've told, I've told <laughs> yeah, you about you, this. Yeah, you told the story. Uh, yeah, I had a really weird job the summer before college where I drove a van of 45 dogs to Manhattan uh, twice a week from Sounds Greenville, so South sketchy, Carolina. Dude. 36-hour round trips, and <clears throat> we'd take four-hour shifts where I would sleep and my brother James would drive, Yeah, and then we'd switch. Mm-hmm. And the dogs were constantly barking and messing themselves, and it was just terrible. Right. It was one of the worst jobs I've ever chaos. had. And you kind of just would get like borderline hysterical yeah. and lose track. Yeah, where are we and right now? And there was one time we had to make an unscheduled visit mm-hmm. to Tennessee. Yeah. Somewhere in Tennessee. And I don't know if we drove through the Bermuda Triangle or something, <laughs> but we looked on the map and we were way off yeah, course. Something I mean, happened. And we had no idea where we were. This mm-hmm. is back when it was just flip phones. Right. We didn't have internet. We didn't have... Not a whole lot of GPS GPS, going nothing going on. <clears throat> and we just pulled out a paper map and I was like, James, where are we? Yeah. And we had no idea. Gosh, that's so scary. And it was just like, we knew that people were waiting on our delivery, Yeah. but we had no idea. We didn't even know if we were in Tennessee anymore. Right. And we finally found out somehow we had just gone, gone off way track. off course. So yeah, but that, that moment <clears throat> where you're like, we have no idea where we are. That's horrible. And we're all alone. Yeah, and pre-technology, man, is like you're completely yeah. alone. Yeah, you know? yeah, dude. I was. I remember being a kid, and we were at Ocean Isle, Ocean Isle, North Carolina, big family trip, and uh, I got left behind at a uh, like <laughs> pier where you can go fishing and whatnot, and walk out on the pier on the beach. Mister and Missus Patterson, if you're listening to this, you need to. <clears throat> well, this was technically my uncle's fault. Okay, he was. He had like me and like his two daughters and like some cousins with us. And dude, I remember because this specific little pier had a uh, you know little. You can buy bait and tackle mm-hmm. in a little shop, and they had arcade games in it. I was like, "Oh, that's cool!" So I walked in there, <laughs> and uh, I hear voices. I'm listening. I'm like, "Oh, my cousins are still around me. That's fine." Uh, and so I'm like, "Pretend playing," because you don't have any mm-hmm. tokens to play. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden, the voices just are gone. <laughs> I'm like, "That's weird." So I, I walked around the shop. Not a person. Not a yeah. cousin. Not a brother. Not an uncle in sight. They ditched me. Typical uncle behavior, yep. man. Just losing and I, track. And I was probably like eight or nine. So that was like. Mm-mm. Terrifying. Yeah. And so thankfully, I knew the route to get back to our house that we were living in or were staying in for vacation. Mm-hmm. I knew that. So I just booked it back to the you house. You found your own I way did. back to the I house? Did. I found my way. Look at you, man. I know, man. I was Bear very, resource, very resourceful. Uh, and then when I was a young adult, I got the keys basically to watch uh, Look Up Lodge for a little bit because nice. the, the owners, the directors, they went out of town. They're like, hey, man, like, can you just like stay around and answer mm-hmm. phones and just be around? Now, if you've ever been in a camp scenario, like it's boomtown like mm-hmm. you are busy lots of kids lots of activity but when a camp is vacant it is scary yeah because <clears throat> like the shining it felt like it <laughs> yeah overlook hotel um it felt like i was there and i remember like walking around the camp going into the main offices and being like i don't feel like this is real like yeah. i feel like i'm feel like in a dream zone. or something yeah it was so scary yeah uh, that that's almost that almost speaks to uh <clears throat> this kind of innate human need yep. to connect with people oh yeah belonging like, i need 
I need to feel like I'm with somebody because <laughs> pure isolation is yeah. alone in and of itself is, is yeah. pretty scary. In those moments, it's like, well, Jesus already came back and I got left behind. Mm-hmm. Well, oh well. <laughs> yeah, uh, like, got to figure it out. I missed it. Yeah. So there's yeah. like, there's some signs to like immediate problems that are unpacking in this movie, like mm-hmm. right in the setup. Right. Um, so talk about that a little bit. But yeah, I, I mean, first, like Castaway. Mm-hmm. The movie itself is kind of a movie ab- about that a little bit, like isolation, yeah, the longing for community. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the the problem in the movie is basically uh, this guy, Tom uh, Hanks's character, works Chuck. for FedEx. Yeah, old Chuck works for FedEx. <clears throat> he seems to be pretty high up in it. Um, yeah, big time. He's, he's a seems to be a global manager of sorts who travels around, mm-hmm. and he seems to be a perfectionist. A workaholic, a time Nazi. Yeah, he's he's like enslaved to the clock. Yeah, big time. That's his master, and it's the Christmas season, and he has to make an unscheduled flight. Mm-hmm. He uh, proposes to his girlfriend. Yeah, gives her a ring for Christmas. Right, and uh, ends up having to leave on an unscheduled flight, mm-hmm. and they end up hitting some turbulence. Big time, man. Big turbulence, yeah. and the plane crashes somewhere in the Pacific Ocean. Oh, gosh, and uh, great scene too. Yeah. Like it feels and so it holds real. up. Oh, dude, absolutely. Yeah, Chan we, and, guys, Chan and I uh, watched it two recently, nights ago yeah, just recently. to refresh our memory on it. Yeah, and I remember being like, "This is twenty three years old." Yeah, and this scene still it feels very real. hits. I yeah. mean, it's really, really good. Yeah, and so yeah, he's um, marooned on an island, and you know he was watching the pilots uh, mm-hmm. navigate and stuff and try and figure out where they were. So once he crashed, he kind of did the math and found that he was. He was probably in a 500 square mile radius right. of like completely alone. That's scary. Yeah. And so the question then we're stuck with is like, is he going to get home? Yep. What's uh, happening here? Will he hold on to hope or, yeah. you know, so. And you stay with him too. That's that's another part of the issue that you are introduced to. Like he, like after that plane crashes and he makes it out of there somehow. Yeah. He's, I mean, it's just pure isolation. And there's there's, there's no cuts where the audience is brought back to no. his family. You, you don't get that lift you're, at all. You're stuck with him the whole time. Which was smart. Very smart. Yeah, genius. Yeah. So, yeah, you're feeling it with him, and you're on the island the whole time he's there. Yeah. We talked about it, too. Like, there's no there's no music, yeah. really, at all. Like, you, you in the intro, because he's at home and he's with his almost yeah. fiancé, uh, you get, like, Christmas songs some, some kind of and like some Elvis yeah. stuff going on because he's an Elvis fan. Uh, and then once the plane crash happens, I mean, even before that, mm-hmm. I mean, you you don't hear a thing. Yeah. You hear him, like, which just doing his thing. Fuels like, that feeling of isolation. Like yep. you're just, it's, it's just, just the, the elements. raw elements. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Yeah. So, um, you said you you think this movie is the best of its kind. I do. I I really do because why do you feel mainly that? because it's just when you think about survivalist, it's not just about like what's going to happen to him. Mm-hmm. It's about Initially, what happens to him, like what what his personal setup is and what he's been through personally and like his journey to get where he is. Uh, But then like what happens to him on the island and the psychological nature of feeling isolated. Like Mm -hmm. there's we talked about it when we were watching it. Like there's no there's no monsters on the island. There's no like weird creatures or anything like that. It's not one of those movies. It's like, no, he's he's having to figure this out and he's having to use his resources. And that's the conflict is like it's pretty simple. Yeah. The conflict is, how do I get off of here? And yep. if I can't, how am I going to stay alive? Yeah. So he even tries, you know, the beginning, he starts writing help in the sand. Yeah. You know, on the off chance. Washes that, away. And it washes away. Nothing's yep. working. Yep. And he slowly starts, you know, these FedEx packages start washing up to so- shore. And yep. he's like, 
which I don't know what he would have done without that. Yeah, yeah, and he finds a pair of ice skates, and that he can use that for an axe and stuff. So there's like little things, little trinkets of hope that start getting sprinkled around. Yeah, but yeah, it's like really the the question, you know, for a believer watching it is you go, all right, so exile is the reality. Mm -hmm. That's what we're presented with. Yeah, it's not fake. Um, it's real. Mm -hmm. You're stuck here. So will you hope? And hold on to that, or will you, well, you succumb to the elements? Exactly. And will you just give Which, in? And there's plenty of that going on, right? Because he's he's battling that. Yeah. Dude. Like he, I mean, there there are scenes where he's contemplating suicide, uh-huh. and uh, there's a scene where he's trying to make fire, trying to get <laughs> some kind of sustenance, uh, sustenance in his yeah. stomach, and uh, he cuts his hand after trying to make a fire oh, and he just starts screaming yeah. because he's just he's alone and he just hurt himself mm-hmm. and this was right after he had hurt himself even worse probably with coral reef trying to get off the island like oh, he's been through right in his leg a lot so yeah. yeah it's 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 almost very allegorical in that like right. man if we're on if we're in exile like and these types of things are happening we can either buckle or we can figure out right. how to live in it and yeah that's, so that's the <laughs> redemptive arc that's kind of presented to us which is like how are we gonna get there yeah um and so you even see it, uh, the famous character Wilson. The oh, old, Wilson. The old volleyball. Yeah. Because that, in his anger, he grabs the volleyball because yeah. he just cut his hand and he's right. so mad. He grabs the volleyball with his hand uh-huh. and it throws it. And then he goes to get it and he sees his bloody handprint on yeah. it and he kind of makes a face out of it. Yeah. And he simulates community because I think he even knew it deep inside. Is like, yeah. I have to at least pretend to talk someone, Channel otherwise this. I'm going to lose my mind. Exactly, um, and because it's a Wilson brand, yeah. Ball, he names it Wilson. Yeah, but I, yeah, so that's a brilliant move too with FedEx stuff, like utilizing those resources. And yeah, then one of them happens to be a volleyball, in which he turns into yeah. like these little and the little VHS tapes. He uses the tape inside yeah. for like rope and stuff. Yeah, but yeah, so um, he's eggs out on this island, mm-hmm. and he has to get off. Yeah, um, and so I don't know. As I'm watching it, I'm like. You know, looking at it through the lens of a believer, right, and asking the question like, "What can this movie tell me mm-hmm. about my experience in the world?" You know, longing for home, my true home, yeah, uh, with the Lord, and longing for release from this. And you know, we we read th- this in the Old Testament like crazy because um, they were theme, yeah. they were exiled time and time again, mm-hmm. Babylon, Assyria, Canaan, and all these places where it's like, what was the instruction they were given? Mm-hmm. And they never, I mean, they weren't great people. Israel failed a lot, but they never let go of that hope. Like it became core to their teaching that like, there's this promised land that we're going to, there's a home waiting for us. But what do we do in the meantime? And God's command to them a lot of time is plant gardens, Mm -hmm. be good citizens, uh, pray for the benefit of your city, you know, Mm -hmm. like seek all of those things. Because while you're here, you still have to act like you're at home. Right. And so you see um, Chuck do that a little bit where he starts like making a place to live, right. simulating community that he's like, if I'm going to be here for a while, mm-hmm. I need to make the best of it, yeah. but still never give up on that idea that like, I've got to get away from yeah. here. Yeah. There are like signs too that go along with that as far as like him feeling the need to feel like he's at home. Mm-hmm. Like he does set up camp and... He finds a cave to to sleep in at night just for a little bit more protection right. from like sunlight and whatnot. But he also was given a gift, like a family heirloom from his fiance of a picture. It's like a clock mm. and uh, yeah. it, it's a picture of her inside of it. And when he's sleeping at night, he's looking at that. He's got a little flashlight that happened to be in one of those FedEx boxes. 
So he's flashing flashing the light on and off just to get glimpses of hope. Yep. Like it's it's a sign yeah. of just like and the, I got to hold on to this. The great irony, like <clears throat> he was enslaved to the clock mm-hmm. and to time. Yeah. And he he says at some point, let us never commit the sin of turning our back on time. Yeah. You know he's like so committed that was his to his idol. Yeah. And then he's forced to let that go. Yeah. And there's this beautiful irony in him using the pocket watch she gave him. Yeah. Uh, to hold on to hope, he's, right. he never looks at the clock mm-hmm. anymore. He looks at her picture. Right. Even though it's a clock that he's looking at, he's not looking at the time anymore. Mm-hmm. He's looking at her and begins to realize, like, he, in a way, he's being freed from that enslavement yep. of time. And in a way, like, the waves, you know, as they're crashing, crashing over and over mm-hmm. again, they're slowly washing away that need yeah. to constantly be on the clock. Right. Um, which I think... Guys, Chan and I had a really hard time picking what we were going to talk about with this movie because there's so many themes in it. There's a lot going on. But I do on. think there's something there for believers specifically is that yeah. if if we have a home that is set no matter what, um, and we're here on the Lord's time, and we're here um, trying to live as believers mm-hmm. in a world that is not our home, um, there is a great freedom in not being enslaved to the clock. Right. Of just saying, I'm going to be here today mm-hmm. in this moment um, and focus on faces, yeah. not devices or, you know, the clock. Right. Um, so I think that's that was a beautiful takeaway for me. So good. Um, one of my favorites is, we and we alluded, we alluded to this, but like him going to this island initially is almost this rebirth type yeah. takeaway message. Yep. Um, we, we talked about it when we were watching oh, it. Man. He's... Uh, He's finally so he's been on the island for four years and uh he, which that that flash oh uh, yeah when he like he passes out because he has to knock his tooth out right it's it's an infection in his mouth yeah and he passes out and it goes dark yeah and then it kind of flashes forward four years later yeah his beard is really long and his hair and yeah. he's like a master spear fisherman right <laughs> so he's, cool he's the uh, the ultimate caveman yeah yeah uh, he so he makes a home on this island with the survival skills, mm-hmm. the resources that are available to him. Uh, but he knows that that's not where he truly belongs. Mm-hmm. Like he's striving and, and really desiring community right. in, the, in that exile. Uh, and I think he makes his final uh, plan to get off the island. Mm-hmm. And by doing so, he creates a raft out of his resources. I mean, he starts chopping down, you know, trees and getting all the stuff ready with rope uh, and, and the the porta potty corner, yeah, porta potty shows corner. up. Yep, it's the from wings. Bakersfield, California. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. seeing a name is like, oh, it's from Bakersfield. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, so the the oars and raft, like he he builds all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, what eventually happens after he makes it over that massive final wave to get out into the ocean, he has to let those things go yep. one by one. Yeah. What he's created on that island, he has to slowly let go. And the picture that I thought of when we watched it recently was he's out in the ocean and he's getting smaller and smaller glimpses of the island. Mm-hmm. And it eventually fades away. And, and I was reminded of like the old world passed away, yep. the new has come. Let's start and it's over. this weird, um, I was also reminded watching that scene, this uncanny ability that humans have to make home, simulate home yeah. wherever they go. Yeah, yeah. Um, because we we need it so badly mm-hmm. we long for it so badly right. and so even when we're exiled and we're just like man i don't feel like i belong here mm-hmm. 
we end up doing so many things and putting so much effort to make a place feel like home. Yeah. And so there's kind of this heartbreak he feels a little oh, bit dude. leaving the island where he's like, he's sad. That was kind of my place yeah. for like four years and I've got to let it go. And yeah. Because um, he's such a good actor, like he wears that immediately. Yeah, as yeah. soon as he makes it, he's like, we did it. We made it over the last wave. And he's yeah. like, oh, oh no. I don't know if I wanted to do this. And then Wilson drifts away. Yep. He's got to let Wilson go. Yeah, Wilson goes. He lets, it's that famous moment where you're well, kind of chuckling. Yeah. He's going, well, sad. He's, he's screaming for him, but you you feel kind of sad. Like, dang it. Like that was his this best really friend sad. for four years. Uh, yeah. So Wilson's gone. He's he's His raft is falling apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was fun. Like he he finally like lets go of that last little piece, and it's his oar that he's mm-hmm. that he's made. Yep. And that's the last piece for him to just let it go until yep. uh, he's got his little whale friend that splashes yeah. him with water. Which I was like, that, that might be a sign for like angel, angelic uh-huh. behavior yeah, yeah. and like some spiritual guide, stuff going on. A yeah, guide. A guide. Um, and then eventually the the merchant ship passes by, and mm-hmm. that dude that scene, it's not like super emotional yeah it just happens yeah like he's he's floating no score no swell score. Nothing. you just hear the you hear the uh, ship going by in. and then the alarm <laughs> goes off and it's like man that is such a great picture of just rescuing it of yeah. itself like for it us comes out of nowhere it. and yeah. yeah when he when he has to give everything up he's kind of like telling himself i'm at the mercy of whatever happens yeah i have no control whatever's gonna happen next and he he gets into that a little bit he has this monologue at the end when he finally makes it back oh, gosh. where he said you know, like he he became fully aware that yeah. he had no control over anything anymore, let it go. Yeah. and he just had to let go mm-hmm. and and trust. Yeah, um, and there, you know, obviously there's something there for us too, where it's like, at some point, you have to let go of this idea that you can control mm-hmm. when and how this is going to happen. That this is in the Lord's timing, right? And we are. Our task is to wait, mm-hmm. and that's brutal sometimes. His idol of control was just yeah. derailed in the most epic way. Yeah, <laughs> but that, but that like death and resurrection yeah. concept, or or that like new creation concept, is really made manifest when he he makes it home. Yeah, and everyone's shocked. You oh know? yeah, it's like it makes national it. news. Yeah, they they had a funeral and for him. He gets together with his old friend. He said, "Dude, we had a funeral. Yeah, we we put a coffin in the ground." He kind of goes, "What'd you put well, in the yeah, coffin?" Just like, like Elvis CDs. Yeah, and well, some notes what and stuff was like. there? But then after all the interviews and stuff, they have a big party mm-hmm. and his friend points to him and says, hey, we're going to get you, you know, Social Security and all that stuff tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, we're going to bring you back to life tomorrow. <laughs> and it's almost this little statement of like yeah. resurrection is going to happen. Right. You're going to be a new creation tomorrow. Oh, man. And like the way that is uh, shown mm-hmm. the most is in how patient he is. Yeah. Like He's very calm. How calm he yeah. is. He's not frantically looking at the clock anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's just become a new man. Right like kind of freed from that slave of mm-hmm. time, you know? Just kind of moseying around the room, you know, walking yeah. around. Um, what what follows after this, though, is it's sad. Like, he... he what's yep. sad is that, like, yeah, he was marooned, you know, he's surviving on this island, and then he gets back to the life that he thought was still around, mm-hmm. only to find out that there's there's more pain. Everyone like had to move on. Everyone moved on. There's, yeah. there's more pain waiting for him. And how he's processing that, which is we'll we'll talk about that in a second. The yeah. the, the line that he he gives, but like his former fiance, like she had to move on, got started married, her, had a kid, got, yeah, started her yeah. own family. Uh, and I think that this goes to show that even in that rebirth moment, like we're still yep. going to face tough. Stuff. Yeah, like uh, to be reborn mm-hmm. uh, costs something. Yeah, it will. I mean, it costs you your life. Right. You have to die to die yourself. To self, yeah. Die to everything that you were hoping for and longing for. Yeah. For something new, a, yeah. a whole new creation. 
What's beautiful about it too is how he how he decides to move on. Like he he yeah. There's a moment too where he reunites, eventually reunites with his former fiance, mm-hmm. which uh, is brutal for Kelly, her. Chuck and Kelly. Yeah, yeah. which is br- brutal for her because she's like, I mean, I, I had no choice. Yeah, like everybody. He's like, well, and you know, one scene she's like, I knew you were alive, blah blah blah, and you know, everybody I told never should have stopped believing. Exactly. Yeah. But like, there's a scene where they both come to a realization that like. Uh, despite how much we might want this, this new life mm-hmm. has to just happen. Yeah. So we we have to move on. And she, you know, she did the same thing that he did on the island. She created a home for yep. herself. Yep. You know, she because she had. We have to do that. Right. And you know, there's this moment where you think it's raining. They yeah, just kiss. Yeah, yeah. They it's, reunited. Oh, romantic. We're gonna run away together. Yeah, yeah. It's like no. And she grabs his arm and he looks at her and he says, "You have to go yeah, home. Go home. Yeah." Um. Because he realizes, like, she did what I did. She mm-hmm. had to make a home, and it's a beautiful thing that she's it made, is. and I can't take that away. Yeah, which I think is such a great way to tie things up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but in, in his uh, <clears throat> conclusion, like, he's he's experienced that hurt. Mm-hmm. He's experiencing, you know, coming home from mm-hmm. after all, the, all that time. And all that, too, for us, even as believers, like, I think those kinds of things are molding and shaping us into true, right. true Christ followers. And those those things that, um, so, like, the, the one box he doesn't open yeah. on the island yeah. is this box from this ranch in the middle of nowhere. He held on to it. And the logo for the ranch is these two gold angel wings. Yeah, it's like, come on. And really? something compels him to not open it. Yeah. He's just like, and I think what's not communicated but is clear is, like, this is the one that he's like, I feel like this will give me reason to get off this yeah. island. I'm going to yeah. deliver this package, yep. you know? And it's kind of this divine hint of yeah. like, you know, this heavenly concept, this divine guiding is going to get you home. Yep. And I think, you know, that's a that's a big uh, sign and thing for believers is like, are you looking for those things mm-hmm. that will help you hold on to hope? Right. Or are you frantically just ripping open every package, <laughs> just looking for a I way to survive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need this to survive. Right. Instead of going, what if there what if there is something to be found in just resting yeah. and hoping and mm-hmm. believing that maybe there's a something beyond the right now that I need to focus on. Right. And listening for the Lord. Like is he is he guiding me? Is he calling me home? Is he giving me like hints of hope? Like mm. I got you. I'm here for you. Yeah. Um so looking for those things. Right. There's like a in, con- in conclusion to the to the movie, there's a great, and it's just such a direct call to mm-hmm. just Christianity, all the things. Uh, he's at a literal crossroads mm-hmm. at the very end, and he stops in his truck after he delivers that package, mm-hmm. and he gets out and uh, is standing outside of his truck, has a map out, <laughs> And he's just trying to map out like what's next for him yeah. because that was the one thing that was like I'm gonna drop this thing off and that's gonna be yeah. It. When he was with FedEx, like everything was planned out forever. Yeah. And afterwards, he's in the middle of nowhere and has no plan. Right. You know, he's it's back just, in isolation. He's just in today. What yeah. do I? What am I gonna do today? You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that movie sets before him a path that is sort of unknown to the mm-hmm. viewer, but yeah. you also know that you have hope in that because yep. he's also kind of starting anew. Uh-huh. And you might put the pieces together because there is this one moment where this lady stops, uh, and it's the woman that... The owner of the ranch. The owner, yeah. the owner yep. of the ranch where he drops the package off. And I love the way they end it because mm-hmm. it, they just kind of leave it open-ended in a way. Yeah. And it, it it 
gives the viewer a chance to like imagine what might have happened. Mm-hmm. And I think that's great. And he's he's looking at each road in the crossway, crossroad, and uh, you know, just kind of try to map it out in his head. Then he looks down the street that she drives down and just smiles. Yep. He just smiles. Yep. He's like, and this if could you, be the new beginning. You notice it. The name of the ranch is two names. Yeah. Um, at the beginning of the movie, you get a little hint of it. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, when he drives there, the first name's been removed. Yeah. Which I like to think it means she's single again. Absolutely. And, That's and, definitely uh, a sign. And uh, they got together and he found yeah. a new home with her and created a new Making life. Making new life. But yeah, so like for me, the big gospel takeaway yeah. is this man who was enslaved to time itself yep. was, um, you know, his master was the clock. Yeah. Uh, he finds freedom and release through an almost literal death and resurrection, oh, uh, yeah. exile kind of ends up being the means by which he finds freedom. Mm-hmm. And uh, even though he he ends up losing so much because of it, yeah, um, he ended up becoming a new creation because of it. And he now is seems like this guy who values being present and being in the moment. Mm-hmm. And we kind of see this in his monologue, you know, at the end where okay. he concludes with, "I know what I have to do now." Yeah. I got to keep breathing because tomorrow the sun will rise and who knows what the tide could oh, bring man. in, you know? So beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of my thing is this movie is like, it's all about the reborn, the fresh and a new stuff. Right. And it's almost like bab- baptism in yeah. a way. Yeah, He's having to start over and uh, yeah, there's so many good moments in this movie and mm-hmm. we could probably go into more things. But yeah. I do want to talk about um, what we would give as far as like families being interested in watching. Yep. Uh, this movie, and then a gospel lens. You rating. were you were 10, 11, right, when you watched it? Yeah, I was 10, yeah. And look how you turned out. You're I'm fine. I'm great. I just, yeah, I'm a man-child. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Everything's great. So there's there's some uh, kind of intense uh, violence moments. Yeah, there's some violence moments. Because, you know, he's surrendered to the elements, yep. and The plane crash sequence is intense. It's pretty intense. But I would say overall, um, I'd be comfortable with my son watching it. He's 10. Yeah. Um, it's a really uh, just raw good movie mm-hmm. that there's not there's not a ton of swearing there's not a ton no. of uh inappropriateness on the screen it's no. just uh it's a good movie yeah. to watch of what it would be like to survive mm-hmm. on an island and then right. some good stuff to talk about afterward you absolutely know? spark some conversation yeah uh yeah i don't know i probably out so, of five i don't know i yeah i i we we put down four out of five yeah uh maybe 4.5 maybe 4.5 yeah yeah Maybe that that halfway mark, yeah, that might be good. Let's do it. Let's stamp our approval on it. Four point five out of five. Out of five. Now gospel. for the gospel lens. Gospel yeah. lens. Um, yeah, I think it's layered mm-hmm. with with gospel. I mean, it really is. I mean, the, the longing for community, uh, the baptism components, the mm-hmm. re, the reborn, and then like taking each day yeah. as the tide exile, in. What exile. it means to be an exile. <laughs> I mean, there's so many components. So I went again. I mean, it's equal. It's four point five out of five. That's that's Across where I was. Across the board, I agree. Um, I mean, there's you know, there's other things that might drop that score to a four point five instead yeah. of a five out of five, but it's it's really close. It's not on. I don't think it's on the same level as uh, Signs being five out of five, but yeah, this is pretty close. It's it's really close. Signs is perfect. It is. It, it's a great <laughs> gospel, dude. That's a great gospel movie. It's free. It's uh, just insane. Do we have time for favorite quotes? We might as well. Let's we might as well. Yeah, We're let's here. Do it. Um, so I I wrote down a few because yeah. they're just kind of my favorite. Should we just read all of them? I want to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll do the first one. So yeah, this yeah. is the beginning. Right. Uh, this is his like pre-recreation yeah. version of himself where he says, time rules over us without mercy. 
not caring if we're healthy or ill, hungry or drunk, Russian, American, beings from Mars. It's like a fire. It could either destroy us or keep us warm. That's why every FedEx office has a clock, because we live or die by the clock. We Amen. never turn our back on it, and we never, ever allow ourselves the sin of losing track of time. Ooh, man. What a terrible person. Yeah, that, that, that's who he is in the <laughs> intro, and boy, does he change. Yeah. Uh, here's another one, and this is like... That post, monologue, yeah, right? Yeah, the monologue yeah. post-surviving. Post, uh, I couldn't even kill myself the way I wanted to. Yeah. I had power over nothing, and that's when this feeling came over me like a warm blanket. I knew somehow that I had to stay alive. Somehow I had to keep breathing even though there was no reason to hope. And all my logic said that I would never see this place again. So that's what I did. I stayed alive. I kept breathing. And one day my logic was proven all wrong because the tide came in and gave me a sail. And now here I am. I'm back in Memphis talking to you and talking to his friend. Mm -hmm. I have ice in my glass <laughs> and I've lost her all over again. I'm so sad that I don't have Kelly, but I'm so grateful that she was with me on that island. And I know what I have to do now. I got to keep breathing because tomorrow the sun will rise. Who knows what the tide could bring? My word, dude. Yes, sir. He's a yeah. new he's a new man. Uh, a the new classics, creation. the classic quotes. I think yeah. uh, when he first makes fire, oh he, my fire! <laughs> and that he has voice that crack. little voice crack that's fire! so fantastic. Or the Wilson screaming. Like, Wilson. Yeah, Wilson. That's iconic, dude. Yeah. I don't think people knew. I mean, I feel like I might have even when we first watched it. I was like, this feels like it's gonna like be iconic. Oh yeah, yeah. and it was. It it's, was. We're still talking yeah. about it. Yep. Uh, and then your favorite. Yeah, yeah. That, that tomorrow, one where his friend, tomorrow we're going to bring, bring you back, back to life. life. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. It's fantastic. Well, hey, uh, guys, if you've made it this far, mm -hmm. well done. Thanks for sticking around. Uh, if it wasn't obvious or hasn't been obvious, <laughs> uh, it's pretty clear we're passionate about storytelling. And yeah. if you missed any other episodes on the value of stories or uh, any of our discussions on specific movies, they're all available in this podcast. Mm. If you're interested in sharing your story with us, which we love to hear from you guys, uh, yeah, we your really stories do. of God's grace in your life, uh, you can go online right now to fellowshipgreenville.org forward slash share my story, where you'll be guided through a sharing process with a few questions. And uh, as always, we know sensitivity and vulnerability go along with sharing, uh, and that can be tough. But transparency is very welcome here, and we welcome your story as uh, we know that we're all part of God's story together, and it's his story of hope and redemption. And uh, proclaiming these life-changing moments uh, truly connects us. It really makes us feel like a family, mm -hmm. the warts and all. It you really, know? Yeah, it really does. Yeah, so uh, share now at fellowshipgreenville.org forward slash share my story, and we look forward to hearing from you and sharing that testimony with others. So fun. One more plug, because we talked about exile. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, we did a sermon series a, oh, few, yeah. a few years back yeah. called uh, Living in Exile. Yeah. Or I think it was uh, Exiles Living in Hope. Yep. Yep. And so I'm going to plug that into the uh, description of this episode. So if you're so interested good. in what we have taught on in regards to living in exile and having that hope in, in, mm -hmm. in the midst of exile, go yep. back and check that out. But yeah. Awesome. All right. Thanks for joining us, guys. See ya. See ya. The Jesus on Display podcast is produced right here at Fellowship Greenville in Greenville, South Carolina. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Follow and share this podcast with anyone who might be interested or curious about our church community or how storytelling unites us and helps us feel more connected. To actively keep up with what's going on at our church, head to our website at fellowshipgreenville.org. Follow us on all social media platforms and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks for tuning in. Grace and peace to you for your week, and we'll see you next time.